Welcome to Gaming Casual, the gaming podcast where we talk games casually. I'm your host, Sedge, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lightsaber Ninja. A.K.A. King Cagle. And Control Freak, who's back this week from his deathly illness. Woo! No more dying! We we had to no amputate one of his arms. It was the good one. It was. Now so, I have cybernetics. Eh, it's, un- it's unfortunate. The only cybernetics we could find was a small child's one uh, that's covered in My Little Pony stickers. The thing is, it was owned by an otaku pervert, so it's technically also a flashlight. Fleshlight. Flashlight. <laughs> Either or. I think it actually has you know, a flashlight function somewhere. <laughs> so you guys been playing... And like that, I break your flow of concentration. I had a flow of concentration? No. All right. You guys been playing anything new this week? Uh... uh. Dauntless. Oh, that's right. You've actually gotten to play Dauntless. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, the Divergent series has a video game? No. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually surprised it doesn't. Uh, please, no. Um, no, Dauntless is, for people that don't know, most people probably do, think of it as Monster Hunter Light. So, you and three friends get tossed onto an island to hunt down a monster and harvest it for parts. However, unlike Monster Hunter, it is not ball-crushingly mean. So you don't only get three lives, you don't only have so many heals, you won't get one shot because some random pink fire-spewing T-Rex showed up out of nowhere and fucking raffle-stomped your ass. See, though, I... I like that aspect of Monster Hunter, the fact that I can go out into the world and, like, craft a new health potion if I find the right kind of stuff. So, I didn't realize that Monster Hunter was even, like, difficult. Oh, yeah. It's, like, Dark Souls level hard. Yeah. It it really is all about position, timing, and dodge. Lots Mm -hmm. and lots of dodge. Now... Damn you, Pavlov. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I, I prefer Dauntless to Monster Hunter. I Don't get me wrong. I've played Monster Hunter. I beat Monster Hunter World. I think it's World. Was World the most recent? Yes, and that was a new expansion. For modern, for modern yeah. consoles. Yeah, like so real I, consoles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Switch just got a port of like Monster Hunter Generations or something. Ugh. Yep. Um, but, so, I played it. I did enjoy it. My my biggest complaint, though, was if you joined with a party, your stats all stay the same. The monster stats fucking go through the roof. So that giant pink T-Rex that one-shotted you five levels ago, or, you know, five armor sets ago, Can you walk. finally got to the point where you could take two shots. But now that you have a buddy with you, he's back to one-shotting you. I guess it's, st- it's not like that. I got <laughs> stunlocked a couple of times playing Monster Hunter, and it pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and that's the thing. I've almost I almost broke a controller from Monster Hunter at one point because of some of the ridiculous crap. <laughs> like I'm fighting a giant goddamn electrified. It wasn't an electric squirrel. I think it's an electric lizard. Oh on top yeah, of that a giant guy. tree. It is a squirrel. Okay, yeah, it, it was an electric squirrel. It's a giant electric squirrel. So I'm fighting him on top of a goddamn giant tree. He does a stupid tail whip, which stuns me. And then the giant red poison dragon shows up, slaps the, squ- the lightning squirrel, looks over at me, slashes me, poisons me, literally knocks me off the tree so I fall to the bottom, and then I bump into the giant pink fire-breathing T-Rex. 
Oh God, you got double like, slammed with random I, monsters. Jesus. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. It was like I'm literally I went from one completely different area down to the bottom of the entire map and bumped into asshole number three who wrecked my shit. Now were Dauntless, you As soon as you were feeling good about yourself, the game was just like not in my house. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, but with Dauntless, it's you, your squad, the monster. There are It's the one monster, not the five or seven that you might find there. Just the one. And I do like that aspect. Um, is it simplified? Yes. Do I like the weapons, though? Yes. Because it's not ridiculous to try and build and upgrade your weapons. I don't have to fight the same thing 50 times. To hopefully get the one piece of harvest material that I need in order to upgrade the weapon to a certain point. You know, I build the initial weapon, I can upgrade it to a certain point, and then I have to go fight an upgraded version of the monster to get to the next tier. I like that. Makes sense. I don't have to fight the same stupid thing 20,000 goddamn times. I, I watched your stream <laughs> while I was not at home. And I thought the game looked really cool. It it does look like Fortnite does Monster Hunter. Yeah. Um, but it looks really cool. The problem is every time I've tried to join in, I either have I think the first time it was a hundred and eighty minute wait, and then the last Damn. time I tried was a I was three hundred thousandth in queue. Yeah. The the last time I logged in I was a hundred thousand and that was because they recently went multi and cross-platform. So PC plays with PlayStation, plays with Xbox. Which I love. The, but if you're going to do that shit, have more than one... What, are you guys running one fucking server? No, they they do have multiple servers. The problem was... I don't believe they did not. They didn't expect the influx of players. The, like, the sheer number. Because Dauntless has been out on PC for a while. And it, it's... It had been doing pretty okay. When they launched the multi-platform, it more than quadrupled in player count that day. That makes so sense to me. Their, their I literally never just... heard. I went from never knowing about this at all to even though my YouTube algorithm's all screwed up, it keeps giving me a bunch of Sonic stuff for some reason. I don't know why. But uh -huh. even though it's all screwed up, it no, seriously, um, it it was shooting me a ton of Dauntless videos like, just in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Huh. Um, so here's kind of a big, here, here's a picture of it. From one article from PC Games, Dauntless player count tops 4 million after leaving early access. Damn. Holy shit. So they went from early access on PC to, hey, we're live on all three platforms. And they just got slammed. So it, it sucks that it's such a pain in the butt to get into the game. It's a really fun game to play. And I think once they kind of deal with that initial blast of players, some people will join in, some people will stay, some people will leave. That's what happens with all games. But I think once that happens and they can finally like build up, it's like, holy crap, this actually took off like a rocket. We need to get these servers up and running. Once that happens... I think this will be a great game for a lot of people to join in on because after they deal with that initial wave of, you know, the 4 million players, I think at one point they hit 6 million players um, and they can get their servers back up. That's 
this game's going to do great. It's multi-platform. So I've got a buddy I work with, not really a PC gamer, big PS4 player. He always wanted to, he actually hit me up a couple of times wanting to play Apex. I don't really do shooters on console because I don't like the thumbsticks anymore compared to mouse and keyboard. But with Dauntless, I could hit him up on PlayStation to come play with me while I'm on PC. And that's great because there's, I, th- I, I actually can't think of any other games right now that truly allow that. The only I know other... Fortnite did it for a couple of days because of someone putting a one instead of a zero at one point. Right. And well, Fortnite's had it with Xbox for a while. And uh, the buddy, we've played with him before on Fortnite mm. when we actually That's true. gave a shit. He, he's been hitting <laughs> me up to play Apex, but obviously it, Apex doesn't have cross-platform yet, to my knowledge. Yeah. So that kind of sucks, but... But yeah, no, I I can't wait to actually try Dauntless. Hopefully they figure their shit out soon enough. Yeah. Um, I'd like to get you in on it because I know there's the Gunslinger class and that gets you all tight in the crotch. Light, you been playing anything this week? Yeah, I've been been having a weird uh, week of gaming recently. um, I've been playing a lot of Zelda. Because uh, I think I had a long enough break of not playing it, um, and then I just like just recently started up um, another playthrough of Boo's Fury, ah. but trying to come at it from a completely different angle. I'm trying to remember every single thing I hate about it, and it's really weird to hate play a game you love. <laughs> but I have been taking physical notes. <laughs> Is, is that like wait? Is that like hate fucking? Probably. It'd be like hate fucking somebody you love. So basically, you're arguing naked. Yes. It's it's more like when she turns around and tells you to slap her and call her a bitch, but you really love her. <laughs> but you do it because you love her. I just got tears in my eyes. I love how this is about Dragon Ball. It's getting real grown for the subject matter. Oh boy. <laughs> Look, little teen boy Shonen. You know whenever you got, like, tears in your eyes and you're slapping the woman you love? Anyway. <laughs> it's just like that. Uh, but, no. Back to Boo. <laughs> back to Boo's Fury. Yeah. Hate play. Got it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Fair enough. I, I've also started playing Boo's Fury this week. Um, <laughs> what a coincidence. I know, right? Yeah, big coincidence. <laughs> But, uh, oddly enough, I actually have been playing a mobile game this week. Whoa. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's gotta have something to do with boats. It does. <laughs> <laughs> so, Big surprise uh, number two here. I follow the Game Maker subreddit, and, uh, okay. my, my phone sent me a notification from a new post, and it was a gentleman saying that after two years, he was finally releasing his game, uh, it's called Carrier Command. Uh, and if you'll give me just a moment, I will tell you who it's by. It's by, I'm, never mind. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> Ryan Salvinson? Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. But it's, it's like this little top-down strategy game. You basically, you have a carrier, you have uh, fighter planes, bombers, and then you have your escort ships that you can deploy. And your goal is to beat the enemy carrier. Um, and the missions all have different star tiers. There's two different difficulty modes. It's actually really in-depth for a free-to-play mobile game. 
mm-hmm. and you can get like the ad-free version for five bucks. But I'm I'm enjoying is it. Quite... There any, is there any difference between the ad-free version and the non? Yeah, like are there features locked behind the paywall, or is it just a hey, if you like this, support me? It's kind of a, hey, if you like this, support me, but it's like, hey, watch a video to get some resources, that kind of thing. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But I, I paid the five bucks. So basically, it's watch this to do less grinding. It's not even, I don't know, I didn't, basically when the option came up, I was like, nope, here's my money. <laughs> Cause I, What's this? A, a ship game on my phone I could take anywhere with me? Oh, you just take all my goddamn money to take it. Well, I have I World of Warships on my phone. <laughs> but said, that... you said you're going to be the first person that wrecks their car for piloting a ship. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I was commanding my U-boat. Oh, God. I haven't bought Crash Dive yet. Yes, there is actually a U-boat sim on phone. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I'm actually really enjoying it. And, you got, and I think I've said on podcasts before, I'm not a big fan of mobile games generally, but... I'm enjoying this one because it's got a surprising amount of depth and strategy to it. I'm liking it. That and I've gotten back into Heroes of Hammer Watch. So that's always yeah. fun. Got to, you know, keep face slamming the traps every time you come across one. You yep. know, every single time I tried to do a solo. <laughs> I tried to do a solo run recently. I once again mistimed my step. Same trap. Same trap. <laughs> uh... I wonder how many times you'll be able to get through those traps just by not stopping. Never. <laughs> He's not a priest, so he doesn't have that uh, that resiliency. No, I'm a squishy ranger. And unfortunately, <laughs> you can't ensnaring strike a trap. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, I, okay, uh, the amount of times we were playing and I died to the same fucking trap. Yep, yep. And it was and just basically like, well, Shane, we're leaving you here until the next floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair... Last time we died, it was because I died, and you were all linked to me for some reason. Who's too idea was that? Uh, it was because it was forced, because every time you die, some, someone else has to start the revive chain. And so if any one of those people died, then all of those people died. So at one point, we had had enough deaths where everyone was now linked, and so we were doomed. Yep. Now, when you guys are talking about this trap, that kept killing Sedge. Are, are we talking trap in like the roguish sense or the anime sense? The roguish, roguish sense. Rogue. Yeah, not not oh. no, not anime trap. <laughs> well, I know the I kind mean, of player Shane is. It, it, it could be possible. He, he never stops and looks at the trap for very long, or he runs like, or he tries to stop between arrow shooters. It <laughs> just keeps getting shot. Why am I getting poisoned? Because you're standing in a trap, yeah. you idiot. That was the best. Like, you're standing in the hallway. I was like, huh, why am I getting poison damage? You're you're literally standing in a hall trap. Oh, shit. It, it was a yeah, lot. It was it a is. lot of fun. It is. <laughs> so, oh, man. Unrelated to me dying. Well, actually, this might be. This is my wallet dying to a trap. Um, I am you scared. went to Thailand? No. <laughs> I'm staring at a concept image for the PS5. Now, and... this is actually version 2. Apparently the first one went pretty viral. Yeah, this is a... Uh, you said it's fan-designed, right? Yeah, the, the the YouTube username there, which seems like a scam, a is little. the one that made it. And we'll, we'll have that up on the uh, Facebook group, so if you're not there, get there. Get there. Uh, yeah. But... This is a very interesting design because 
it looks like a very sleek version of the PS1, which definitely makes me think this is not what the system's going to look like. Oh, no. Uh, You know what? Like, they have a cool little... moment in the in the video where they show like this little the door tray thing opening in the front of it but i 100 percent agree with control of like why are all the back stuff on front yeah well good job but, with that english why are back Thank stuff front speak english go but... <laughs> uh, but no i i'm looking at the like for context if you never see this basically on the front what i what looks like the front of the system you can see the hdmi ports the usb ports it's all on the front for some reason, which makes me irritated as somebody who likes cable management because that means that, oh, dear God, my ca- there's going to be an HDMI cable going looping around the front of my system. Yeah. I see, though, in this trailer that they... Uh... To be honest, yeah, to be honest, I think that that's, they want, like, front-facing VR hookup. Oh, that would make... Okay, that actually makes sense. Yeah, but there's a lot of hookups there. Mm-hmm. That's what confuses me. It's like two HDMI and four USB. Now, admittedly, the four USB would be if you wanted to have like full room rendering where you've got four sensors up, but dual HDMI, I don't understand. Yeah. It, but but if you close that, I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that little there's a little door that slides in front of that. Oh, yeah, that must be for front-facing VR, because now I'm looking at the back, and there's HDMI ports on the back of the system as well. That's because whenever people make concepts for consoles, they never take into account cost of production. No. no. Like, it can have 86 HDMIs. If only. Although I don't know what the point of that would be, but... Eh. Fusion it comes with a hundred. It comes with a 120 petabyte hard drive. <laughs> Petabytes, huh? Petabyte. 128. Let me be realistic. I I see that his little concept is one of those with the screen on the controller like they were talking about. Yeah, that's just a DualShock 4 with the actual screen. Yeah. Which, if that's what they would go with for the controller, I wouldn't be upset. Just saying. I like the DualShock 4. Yeah, I Uh, I was fine with it. I, I just, I don't know. I don't care for the trackpad. I, I won't deny that I think the Xbox controller feels better in a hand, like it rests better, but it's also the type of game you play on each console that changes up how you really I have use come, it. between the PS3 and the Switch, I've really come to enjoy motion controls more than I ever thought that I would. But like, even with the Switch, that right Joy-Con, I would take so much bullshit out of that thing. And then with the, with the DualShock, I just, I don't like the touchpad. I, it's nifty in concept, I guess, but it, it, whenever people do cross-platform games, it's like they barely take advantage of that shit. Well, yeah, it, it was a gimmick. Yeah. yeah. Like, if they put a screen on it like half of these concept image ha- images have, and you can, like, navigate your menu so, like, you can fuck with your Spotify if you have that playing, or easily switch without having to, like, go to your home menu and that. Yes, it's completely arbitrary because it really isn't that many button presses to get from game to netflix or netflix to game yeah but i understand but what you're I, not wrong what i would actually like to see if they had a mint like a mini screen on the controller you had the size of the current touchpad the top half of it is the mini screen and it has four different icons messages mm. 
friends on like friend store news and then a button underneath it so you hit that button but you hit the button under friends pulls up your friends list you hit the button under store pulls up the store so on and so forth yeah oh i'd like that oh uh, you could put the share button up there too yeah have that be like an internet logo for mm -hmm. share and stream so you hit that button and it pulls up your console's internal streaming service it's like do you want to start streaming or do you want to just share a clip Clip. <laughs> Control so, in your in your spare time. Do you like secretly try to make minimalist designs? He does. Yes. So, it I, I don't want to say it's my spare time. That's how my brain works. Like growing up, everything has been very like. How can I let, let's streamline this? Why is there so much extraneous crap attached to this? Let's just make it concise, simple, so that everybody can use it. Yeah. I don't I don't need it to be the hyper technical. You know. I, as I am, I find it funny that I say this as I'm a PC master race type of asshole with a really big and powerful computer, but every man's type of setting. Humble brag. Like, I, I, I put way too much money into this computer to not brag about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. Um, but no, when you try to make something for the masses, you have like, you should not be trying to design for the top. You don't necessarily want to design for the bottom but you want to be closer to the bottom than to the top because you need to make sure that everybody can either get to the point where they can understand and use it and that everybody is comfortable being able to use it. Right. Yeah. It's got it's got to feel good in in a standard user's hands. Yeah. Like that that's why the iPhone and the uh Wii worked. True. Now, admittedly, the iPhone ended up going with the option of well, yes, it's designed for the every person, but you have to have that moolah in order to get it. The Wii yeah. kind of had the best of both worlds. It was like, it's inexpensive. Everybody can pick it up and understand it really quick. It's fun. It's simple. It's stupid. Everyone, let's go play. Hell yeah. 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 The Switch kind of has that going for it, but with some of the games, a couple of the gimmicks get a little bit in the way. Mm-hmm. Like Mario and the stupid motion control bullshit. Or Zelda with the uh, archery. Oh, see, I turn that shit off. Most people do. And that's the thing. I, I leave it on. It's As somebody who in games always is like three pixels to the side of a head, it's a <laughs> fucking dream come true for me. <laughs> well, and that's, But that's the thing. It's an option that can be turned off. So while yeah. it does feel cumbersome to someone who just picked it up and it's like, whoa, why the hell is it doing that? Being able to turn it off is great. But then on the other hand, yeah. when someone picks it up and it's like, okay, I understand this, and they can take full use of that. that so mm. that, that is Nintendo's side of innovation where they get, they get it right. Could do without the stupid IR finger connect. Yeah, yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion that it's used in some of the motion stuff, though. It is. It's used for something. I just don't remember what it is. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting though to see what Sony actually designs for the PS5. I, yeah. I actually I did I a like... quick look up. Have you seen some of the other concepts? Mm -mm. I've seen a few what? of them. So I'm gonna toss a quick image into the chat. I saw this one and I kind of like it. Yeah. Because it it keeps with kind of what Sony has done in the past. Hmm. I like that one a lot actually. You know what it is? That one evokes the PS2 and 3 a little more. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I saw that one. I did see a joke concept where they turned it into the. I'm literally staring at the game sphere right now. Yep, I saw that at, and I got uh, a, I got a chuckle. Look at the look at the bottom of the one that you did share in chat though. It's the same random website. Yeah, I think this and, is his V1 <coughs> version of it. Yeah, that's possible. Uh... Um, but I I like that type of style a bit more, just because when you think aesthetic. More often than not, if you're looking at an entertainment center, what is the shape of the general aesthetic that you go for? Yeah, square. This, this, exactly. It's a, it's a square concept. So having that, like you look at this one, and it's got the super rounded edges. It has the, the circular point where it looks like the disc tray goes. Again, very reminiscent of the PS1, but even the PS1 had that in the center. Mm-hmm. So it still had the overall square design, but it had the opening tray in the middle. This one has the circle jutting out from it, which makes mm -hmm. it a little more, in my opinion, obtrusive to the eye if you had it setting on your entertainment center. Yeah, I like I like the one that, uh, that you shared here a lot because it does blend almost all of the classic PS it PlayStation really, designs. It really yeah. does. But... Uh, I worry with Sony because I think that the PS4 was one of the sexiest consoles ever designed. And then the Pro and the Slim killed it. Whereas with Microsoft, I think that they started off with the ugliest VCR I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally looking at it right now. And yeah, and then that turned into something cool with the S and the X. Yeah. I... And technically, the, the Slim PS4 is the same design as the standard PS4, just less angular on the corners, which is fine, but the overall design idea behind for the original PS4, I did very much like. Yeah. And then the 5 Let's just... Take this block and slant it a little. Yeah. And then the 5 just added more lines. Like, more indents. But you know what? The, this 5 design, it, I think, looks better than the Pro does. No, I agree. And I like how they kept the glowy lights and the steps. I agree. Yeah. And, and... Uh, yeah. As I said, all of these images that we're talking about will be up on the Facebook page, so you guys Here's will actually question. know what I'm talk what we're talking about. Here's a question for you guys: When do you think the next ones will launch, and who do you think launches first? I'm gonna say since we already have official specs for the PS5, I say PS5 launches first, and I say we get it late next year, like holiday next year. Are we back to the era where they want to build anticipation? Or are we still in the age where they want to show it right before they release it? I think they want to build anticipation. So you think that they might be revealed this year then? Uh... I don't think they will do the reveal. I think what's going to happen is it's going to be a combination of the two. So they're going to build the suspense. But they're going to drip feed us information about it. Yeah. And then they well, will what I mean have when the I final say... reveal. Yeah. What I'm saying is, so for 360 PS3 uh and revolution than we we had a whole year we had one e3 where they revealed it the next e3 where they actually went in depth on it and then they launched but for for ps4 and xbox one they revealed it the year that they launched it i, I think guess we'll, a mid-step where you guys are two year it i think this year they're going to unveil like this is what we believe the games will be like Here's what we have for expected load times. Here's what we have for expected game specs. And they're going to do showcases of that. But they've already kind of done that. 
Like behind, they've done for investors meeting. Well, I thought some people got like behind closed door screenings of it as well. Yeah, investors. But yeah, and this this is going to be an official like. Yeah. Hey, here I am standing on this stage. We have a prototype running right now, and this is what you can expect to see. Right, and if anything from those behind closed doors turns out to be true, the load times are going to be sick. Oh, oh yeah. Um, uh, also, if, if this other article that we have here is true, which apparently this is a confirmation article, uh, that it will have full backwards compatibility yeah the playstation yeah they're through their networking service which i don't know if you guys saw recently but microsoft and sony are now working on something together mm-hmm. yep, I, they I, I, hands. I think they're doing it because google's trying to step into the arena mm. yeah no that that makes sense i mean google because it's it's not like they're doing crossplay or anything they're just both ensuring that each other has the ability to stream right i don't know it'll be interesting to see what happens now as a half step measure of you know hyping up but not revealing it um or tokyo game show could be the possibility of a, a reveal at a specialized event since we know sony of, of all of them likes to do those well, that's basically what they're doing now. They're doing their own version of the Nintendo Direct. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm meaning like a PlayStation Experience. Well, the way I think they'll end up doing it, or the way I, I guess I should say, the way I think they should do it is, mm-hmm. is this E3, they have early prototype. This is what we can look to expect. This is what we think is going to happen with it. They do their own personal expos because that is apparently the big thing for each of them now. Um, and that is yeah. when they will unveil near finalized product, not design, but here, here is, you know, version 0.95 for gameplay, load times, rendering, processor. Next year at E3, I think they will do, here is our final system. Here's the system. It'll be out in October, kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. That that yeah, see, is what I think they should do, because that will right. build up the hype, and then they do the announcement, and it gives them enough time to have that final iron out, see what demand's going to be like, and prepare for that. Right. Yeah. I I mean I agree. I think that they should do the same. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be. It, It'll be interesting to see what Sony ends up doing. I, I'm going to be watching their state of play that they're inevitably going to do right before E3. <laughs> uh, very closely. because I'm watching all of them, man. Well, I'm watching all of them too, but... Everybody's got some tricky-dicky thing up their sleeve this year. I'm curious <laughs> to see, because I bet E3... Well, we'll save that for the E3 episode next week. Spoiler alert, there's an E3 episode coming next week. Shocking. <laughs> <gasps> Um, yes. Control, you and I were talking a bit before we started recording. An I, EA in crisis? Yes. I know that hmm. was a incredibly difficult switch there, but... We're gonna... uh, it, we, don't, we don't always need to have a smooth transition. Sometimes it's just a change of... Yeah. Change of topic! I'm trying to think what... Was that? I think it was Futurama with hmm. uh, Hedonism Bot. Change places! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing. That we're changing like places. Um, but yeah, so Super Producer Twilight posted a YouTube video to our Discord channel that we used to record this, 
about EA in Crisis. So me and Control were talking about it a bit, and they're not doing great. For their Crisis, their, their first big misstep, and I shouldn't say their first because there have been many other before, is their Rush of Anthem. Their promise of this massive open-world game with all this cool stuff and all these great innovating things, and behind the scenes, it was just, it was a madhouse. Nothing was actually getting made. Nothing was actually happening. And they, they put out garbage. I won't deny, I bought it, and I haven't played it proper in months. And if anything is to be gauged by the player count of Anthem, it's dead. Mm-hmm. Anthem, it's a shame. Yeah, it, it is a shame. I may go back to it in a couple months from now and play it as a single-player game because mm. there is no real point in playing it as a multiplayer because there's no one there's no multiplayer um, in fact we saw an article I, from screen rant saying that there's more uh there's more players on xbox one playing battlefield one than there is playing anthem currently i i would i would argue though that anthem is more the straw that broke the camel's back no it is it's it's definitely the it's the final snapping point of something that's been building for years now. Yeah. And another aspect of the, the EA cacophony of destruction is things like Mm. their battle, their, uh, their market, you know, all of their games have loot boxes. Yep. And they're poorly managed. They keep putting out remade games I mean, they've they've got their one or two gems. I mean, you look at Apex, and it, it did phenomenal. But you want to know what the big thing about Apex was? EA wasn't involved. Yep, that was yeah. Respawn. Respawn wanting to was make... allowed to do what they wanted. Yep. yep. But then you look at their Battlefield franchise, and every time they put out a Battlefield, more often than not, it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to go into this expecting Battlefield gameplay. Wait, everything feels different now. Why does everything feel different? Oh, well, we had the previous algorithm, and we just decided to throw that out the window and start over again, but we're still using dice, and so we we wanted to just give everyone a brand new experience. It's like, you had a good experience, and then you decided to change everything, and as a result, you fucked it all. Well, and that yeah. that can be, especially for Battlefield, that can be, you know, kind of narrowed down to trying to appease the mass audience like they're trying to obviously bring people over from call of duty so they're trying to make the game you know a little more fast-paced or you know make the guns in the case of like between battlefield 3 and 4 battlefield 3 super open maps massive amounts of vehicle combat really fun gunplay that required a shitload of skill to actually be good at battlefield 4 rolls around they still have decent gunplay, but now the guns feel slower. The, the time when you pull the trigger to somebody else dropping dead feels slower. The recoil feels more easily managed. There's about 60 billion attachments for every gun. And it was all locked behind either, I'm going to put in 100 hours into this game to unlock everything, or I'm going to give EA a bunch of money so that I can just have it. Right. It's either you spend a bunch of money to buy battle passes or you do the challenges, which some of those challenges to unlock guns, while fun and interesting to unlock cool guns, some of them are kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. And their their current cash crop stems primarily from games like FIFA and Sims. Mm-hmm. FIFA, Sims, and Battlefield loot crates. 
FIFA is also a loot crate game because, oh, I need to get my ultimate team, so I have to buy these player packs for $9.99 a pack, get 10 players that I already either have or don't give a shit about, and then I'm just going to buy another pack and another pack and another pack and another pack until I get the setup that I want. Oh, look, I've spent two grand. Yeah. Suddenly. And that's going to bite them in the ass because there are countries out there banning loot crates literal countries and these saying are, well hey gambling is bad we don't allow gambling this is not going to be allowed here right and i mean there's even senators here in the u.s who are trying to pass bills about this yep basically saying like we don't allow gambling until you're 20 until you're 18 for bingo 21 for literally everything else why would we put that in a game that's rated t for teens so people who are 13 are able to go to the store and buy it yeah and it honestly this has been a debate going on since i think it was overwatch really had the first major like overwatch started it yeah they well battlefront inflamed it yeah well i think battlefield had crates but it was never anything major as did uh call or not call of duty uh counter-strike had crates for a bit Counter, well, no, Counter-Strike's crates were a problem from the start, because that, that's yeah. a completely other thing with people reselling skins and all of that. Yeah, that's, for that thousands is a whole different of dollars. That's a, that's a conversation for an episode in its own. Yeah, but yeah, Overwatch really brought it to the limelight, because Counter-Strike was not really an everybody game. You didn't have a lot of six-year-olds playing it, trying to get these loot crates, but Overwatch made it pretty mm-hmm. you had all the pretty skins that you wanted to get so you'd start dropping you know fifty dollars on at a time yep. trying to get them and so that really started it and ea's just exacerbated it by making it so that well not only do you get cosmetics but now you get gameplay the- altering star cards in these loot boxes yep and that was where uh battlefront popped into the scene for that that's where loot boxes popped into the scene in general because everybody kind of wrote off overwatch it was like ah, it's just cosmetic it's not that big of a deal but then we got into game changers like active game changer where if you spent your 500 dollars on loot crates you were now somehow better at the game because you had just better stuff well you did better you did more damage or you had more resistance yep i think somebody calculated it when battlefront 2 came out and it was you could either learn that that's not a good thing. What was that? Why can't companies learn that pay to win is not a good thing? Because they want money. Yeah, it, that's the exact opposite of what a company cares about. Yeah, they yeah, they don't give a shit. Once you do pay to win, yes, you get more money in that moment, but then you lose a majority of the people playing your game. Doesn't matter. They got the money from the person who's willing to pay to win, and they will continue to get money from that person as long as they keep banging out content they don't want they don't, they don't care about the casual player yeah they don't they don't care about people who just want to play the game they want people who are gonna bust out their credit cards or their parents credit cards and just keep paying money that's a that's uh, the to, big problem to use the uh phrasing that started in mobile games uh whenever they started their whole microtransaction bullshit uh the devs or the publishers they're looking for whales yes yeah they don't care about the minnows Nope. I, I somebody did the math on Battlefront Two when it came out. It was like you could either grind for forty thousand hours to get everything, yeah, or it was either forty thousand or four thousand. It was some ridiculous number. 
it was in the thousands. It wasn't. It was absurd. 40, <laughs> but it, yes, it was. It was more time than a person could feasibly play in a year. Yeah. Or you could spend two thousand dollars. Like that. That was the trade-off. It was spend two thousand dollars, and you feasibly get everything not counting doubles of stuff or you yeah. play the game for an unreasonable amount of time basically they were like no we want people to either play this and only this forever which i'm sorry that game is not fun enough for me to play that and only that i don't think any game can capture me enough for that Maybe that's well, why i'm not a they, professional uh, gamer they 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 being the game industry yes um they hired psychologists and psychiatrists whichever one isn't the one that just writes prescriptions they hired you know professionals to come in and help them make the games addictive not fun which honestly with battlefront 2 they failed at because if yeah. they wanted to make that addictive they would have just re-released battlefront 2 with an hd skin yeah, yeah for someone like you there's at least one or two people out there who are just like, I got to give them more money. Oh, I'm sure there are a ton of people out there who are like, I want the new skin for Han Solo, so here's all my money. But, I, I mean, that game's not for me. Yeah. If it was, like I said, if it was for me, they would have just released Battlefront 2 again. But, but uh, no, it, and that's that's kind of the thing that's always been EA's issue, is that money grab, because you also look over at Sims, and it's, all right, we have Sims 1. Here's some expansions for Sims 1 that allow you hmm. to go to college or get special types of careers or get build pets. unique additions to your house. Yep. And a couple years down the line, hey, we've got Sims 2. Cool. I'm going to have access to all those cool little additions that they had on Sims 1 now. Eh, nope. No, you're not. It's actually more like Sims 1, and we're going to slowly put out all the additions once more so that you can rebuy them all. And then Sims 3 came out. It's like, hey, so I'm going to have all those uh, features, right? N no. Nope. But hey, look at this customizer that you can make clothes in. Here, have the pets expansion for the third time. Sims well, before you get the pets expansion, you've got to have the pet house expansion first. Yeah. Well, the pet stuff pack. That that hmm. was the thing that they introduced in 3. It was the stuff packs. Yeah. And then yeah. you had Sims 4 where it was like, oh, yeah, by the way, you don't even have a pool. Yeah. Hey, that got added for free later, though. So at least they I know, didn't but charge you for stupid. that. It was still stupid that it was like, so this thing you've literally had since Sims 1, you took out. Yeah. And what the shit? It, I, I literally have a building a pool and taking out the ladder is the meme. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> because now the Sims can just climb out over the wall. Yep. Oh, no, they're becoming sentient. Yes, I know they're they're becoming self-aware now. All we wait, but can they move chairs on their own? No, you can just build a wall of chairs out around the pool, or just a wall. There in we general. go. We build a wall. <laughs> no, this isn't your politics, Chad. Go away. I'm gonna build a wall. It's gonna be a great wall. It's gonna go around my pool. My sins will never leave. Good God. Chairs. Golden chairs. I both hate and love this impression so much. <laughs> They're the best chairs. Sorry, I, I've recently watched that epic rap battle between... Oh, between... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. So good. Oh. Let me just say, I respect uh, females. God, that's such a I good I think you say that, and then they call them females. 
because right. old white men. Yeah. Yeah, old white men. But yeah, EA but, EA's in trouble. Um they they literally have one shot left before they at least lose the Star Wars license. I'm waiting for them to announce that there are going to be loot crates and fallen Jedi or fallen uh, so far they've said there isn't, but obviously things can change in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Okay. I I don't mean to be the type of fanboy I try hard not to be anymore, but like <laughs> Jedi Fallen Order better be the best fucking game ever made. Okay. If only because it came at the cost of Visceral Studios. Yep. And the Amy Hennig oh. Star Wars game. Don't forget that one. That's That was them. Oh, that, that oh yeah. That, what, with? Maybe. I don't remember. Coruscant? Yeah. Or, no, that was 1313. This, yeah. uh. this was the unnamed Star Wars project we got at E3 a couple years ago. Yeah. Project Scoundrel. Yeah. Personally, I'm I'm more pissed off about 1313. Same though. It, it, it looks like a Star Wars. in general. It's like Star Wars meets Uncharted. Are you fucking kidding me? No, that wasn't 1313. That was that's Project Scoundrel. Was that yeah. Scoundrel? Yeah. Okay. 1313. Yeah, that's Amy Hennig's game. She's oh, wait, the one that. 1313 she's the director was. Of uh, 1313 was Star Wars meets Gears. I think. No, 1313 was a uh, Bounty Hunter two. I could see how you could say Gears. It was a cover-based shooter. Yeah, yeah, it was a cover-based shooter. So that's why and, yeah, Star Wars meets Gears. And um, LucasArts was the only other game dev studio that's not Rockstar that was using the Euphoria physics engine. Mm-hmm. And that shit's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. If not somewhat infuriating at times. Yeah. Hmm. Why is my horse doing that? <laughs> my horse is stuck in a wall. Um, but... Yeah, I, I do believe Fallen Order is going to be their last chance to really redeem mm-hmm. themselves as a producer. Mm-hmm. Because uh, like, Dragon Age certainly can't save them now. God. And they... I'm so mad that they literally killed Dragon... They killed Dragon Age, they killed Mass Effect, they gutted Bioware, like... They have... Mm. EA has gotten their mitts into so many... Good companies? IPs. IPs, yeah. not even just the companies behind them, the IP itself, and just killed it. Dead space. I I know that it's not talked about. I know that it's not talked about a lot, but they ruined the Mirror's Edge sequel. I I will admit, I never actually played Mirror's Edge. It looks phenomenal, and I'm sad that I haven't. But I did. I I do know that Mirror's Edge Two was kind of weird compared to Mirror's Edge. Well, it wasn't really Mirror's Edge Two. It was Mirror's Mirror's Edge One again. Yeah. With baby mode. Yeah. Huh. Uh, well, no, that's what it was. Like, Mirror's Edge yeah, there's a... originally had a lot of challenge. It was a beautiful world with a decent amount of challenge and, like, a combat system. Mm-hmm. It's a good fucking game. And then yeah. through... It, you, you would find your... You would try to find the quickest route through level design and art direction <laughs> alone. It was beautiful. For Mirror's Edge 2, like, it... It technically looks prettier, but there's also just this stupid red line that tells you where to go. No, that's you don't yeah, figure it out. Disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and yeah. then it has a open world that's confusing. Anyway, what... EA has EA has ruined fantastic IPs. I mean, I I worry for the Titanfall IP. Yeah. I kind of hope Respawn gets the chance to be anywhere else. Like I don't, Blizzard, I don't know what go they buy have them. EA, but it 
looks good. Yeah, so and that, that's the thing. Their their deal seems to be that Respawn gets to do their own thing. Like, yeah. EA puts out their games, but Respawn gets to make them. Respawn is the only one responsible for their crap. And as long as that can hold up, mm-hmm. I then feel- I am hopeful for Respawn games. I'm going to be honest. I feel like that came from the guys who made Respawn after they split from yeah. Activision. I feel like that comes yeah, from... Think- uh, what the hell is his name? Vince something. Um, but I agree. Position. I agree. They learned their lesson from Infinity Ward. Yeah. Because yeah, you otherwise they're gonna end up being the Bioware, where they yeah. they have a marvelous IP, they have a universe that's built and ready for more. And oh well, we have this time crunch that you guys have to keep to, and and also you have to use Frostbite. But sorry, I just vomited in my mouth a little. We'll hmm. we'll see what happens, and we'll obviously I'm going to keep up with what's going on with them. <laughs> we were thinking of making a cell shaded spiritual successor to Zelda: The Wind Waker. You got to use Frostbite. No, <laughs> too bad. Use it or don't make it. Yeah. Use it or it doesn't happen. Fuck. We're going to do a third person RPG using Frostbite, right? No. Yeah. Doing a linear action adventure game? Yeah, with Frostbite. Ugh. I was going to make a 2D fighter with Frostbite. <laughs> Are you using Frostbite for that? I'm making a Mario clone? You mean with Frostbite, right? <laughs> God. I figured I'd remake uh, Oregon Trail. Frostbite? <laughs> oh, God. Oregon Trail in the Frostbite engine? <laughs> I'm going to go hunt some buffalo. Give me an hour while this map loads. <laughs> it took us 14 <laughs> months to figure out how to do this uh, side view whenever you're traveling the trail. <laughs> see that line of code or see that line that you just moved four seconds after starting that took us five years to code <laughs> but yeah if if EA can get its head out of everybody else's ass and let them make the games that they want using what they know they might be able to save themselves otherwise I feel like they're in a sharp downward spiral and very little will save them. I wouldn't get your hopes up. I know. Which makes me sad, but it does give me hope that some of these IPs will come back in the future when EA is dead. Yeah, the like visceral competent hands. Visceral yes. come back out of the woodwork like Hey guys, you want Dead Space 4 but actually scary this time? Now, I won't deny I actually liked the progression of the Dead Space series. I did too, but it's still a funny joke. It is. It is. It it is kind of funny because it went from horror game, semi horror game, to Gears of I'm gonna War. Keep, yeah, I'm gonna scream and shoot more ammunition than God. I mean, look at what happened between Alien and Aliens. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, yeah. it, I didn't have a problem with the co op, but I I didn't care for the crafting. No, the <laughs> crafting was a killer because that's how the shoehorned in the microtransactions. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, Light, you actually had a thing you wanted to do for this episode. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. So much, I, so much excitement. I am here to introduce my new game show segment that will be recurring uh, yearly. <laughs> actually, no. It'll be recurring at the end of every console generation's life cycle, so this might be the only time we ever hear it. So, um... Wait, where's I'm the calling music? This, I know, man. I wish I should. I should have <laughs> found something. I'm calling this next gen or now. 
And basically, I went through the rumor mill, and I picked out games that are absolutely, totally coming to E3 this year, according to the internet. Which means there's a 50-50 uh, shot. <laughs> yeah. I, I, some, of them, some of them have actually been confirmed. Some of them haven't. Um, they're, they're all in various limbos of reality. But my, the question that I'm going to pose to you guys is of the of this list do you think that the game will come out on this generation of consoles or the next and there are some games where i'll allow you to say both because there are cross-gen games that happen every generation well uh, let's hit it then give us the first one mr game i am host. I, i'm gonna i'm gonna roll my dice here that i have in my hand i'm holding a d10 i swear i wouldn't even be shocked yep no copying and pasting in a separate server here. <laughs> number nine. Okay, so number nine is, ah, The Avengers Project. So this game was revealed in January of 2017 whenever Square Enix and Marvel announced that they had a multi-game deal that they were working on. The only thing we've seen of it is a cinematic trailer um, that showed, like, shit being bad, I guess. It showed, like, Cap Shield and... Thor's hammer and stuff like that, like all broken amongst rubble. Uh, and it's being developed by Crystal Dynamic. It has not been seen or heard of since that announcement. Well, considering it hasn't been seen or heard from since that announcement, I'm going to go with next gen. Didn't Crystal I mean, Dynamics not... make Geth? Yeah, they're the uh, yeah. Tomb Raider people. Yeah, they're the Tomb Raider people. Okay. But I will say, uh, Sedge, you're, you're saying next gen. It has been in development for at least two years. True, but if we haven't, I mean... That's I don't okay. want to sway your answer here. No, you make a fair point, but... I'm going to go with current. I, I'm going to stick to my guns and say next. My argument for current, from what I can pull up, it's a fighter. It's a Mortal Kombat-style game. So it's basically like, uh... Injustice? You know, yeah, it's, it's pretty much the Marvel version of Injustice. Oh god. I don't know. I hope not, because I don't think Crystal Dynamics could do a fighter. I don't think that's in their strong suit. No, I'm not sure. Because there's not the as you said, there's not enough information about what No, there's is. like literally nothing. Cause the clip that I see might actually be from Marvel vs. Capcom. Uh, but it's just them also, talking about it. Uh, so there there's there's also a old Marvel game that is it's not not strictly a 2d fighter but it's like a weird arena brawler oh rise of the imperfects i don't know probably that was an old one i love Oof. that one yeah or ultimate alliance which ultimate no, alliance 3 ultimate. is coming out this year all right number two. Ooh, rocksteady's next video game so there have been multiple rumors which they all thought that it was going to be superman um there's a new jobs posting that indicates the studio's high, hiring for a highly anticipated AAA game. It's rumored to be revealed this year. I don't know why I wrote that. That's going to be it. Anyway. But however, instead of being Superman, it's now being rumored to be a Justice League game. And originating from... I, I, I just love these sources here. Originating from a post on 4chan that found its <laughs> way to Oh, Reddit. that's reputable. <laughs> Hold on. 4chan to Reddit to news sites there's a quote-unquote inside leak that says it'll be called 
some variation of Justice League Crisis. Are they going to try and do an Infinite Crisis for their games? I have no idea. This is Rocksteady's next DC title. I'm going to go with Next Gen. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm going to opt to Next Gen for that. Okay. Interesting, interesting. And just because Rocksteady usually does put time into their games. Now, admittedly, some of the Arkham games were a bit pushed. <clears throat> Origin. Yeah, but for the most part, they did put some effort into their stuff and gave it time to develop. Yeah. All right, the next game that I have for you guys is going to be a little heartbreaking for at least one of you. Dead Island 2. Next. Dead Island 2 was first announced in 2014. The year after that, they said that Jaeger, the developers of Spec Ops The Line, were leaving the project. The year after that, 2016, it was uh, now put in the hands of Sumo Digital. I can't remember what they did. Um, and they said that it would launch that year. Last year, Sumo Digital tweeted that the game was still a thing, and that's the last we've heard of Dead Island 2. I'm going to say current. I'm going to say both. You think it'll still launch on current gen? Ooh, it'll, it'll, we going for price. Yeah, actually, I, I could definitely see it being a cross, but I don't think it's going to be an optimized cross. I think it's just going to be a push cross. Mm -hmm. So it's going to look very similar on both. I don't think no, they're like going to do like an updated thing. Maybe a little bit better texture on the new gen. Yeah. Like GTA V. Yeah. Let's see, your next game is Final Fantasy VII Remake. And uh, I feel like I don't have to explain anything behind that. Nope. <laughs> uh... I'm actually going to probably lean towards next because the, the de I don't want to say it's development hell, but the development time frame. Oh, yeah. And just how Squeenix likes to do things. And the fact that the game is episodic, don't forget that. And it's been over a decade since they said that it, since they ever hinted it could exist. Yeah. <laughs> also true. So, yeah. So, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say next as well. Bioshock. Oh, they teased so, the Bioshock title? No, here's an interesting uh, interesting tidbits about this one. So one, Michael Pachter, he's a famous uh, analyst. I don't know his track record. I just know that he has existed for as long as I have been a, a, a gamer that's into the culture. <laughs> um, buying magazines and shit, he was the one that always had predictions. I, I, like I said, I don't know his actual track record, but they're still talking about him like almost. He predicts that this game will drop in 2020. It was actually first announced. Like the first hint anybody got was buried inside of Jason Schreier's article about what went wrong with Mafia 3. There's a top secret 2K studio and Ken Levine, the dude that did the, the Bioshock and Infinite um, and like System Shock and all that. Mm -hmm. He's not involved from what I can tell because he started up a studio called Ghost Story Games. Interesting. All right. But I don't know if he's split with 2K or not. Either way, there is a new Bioshock coming out. Do we think this gen or next? Next. I'll put it at next. Um, mostly because of the lack of details. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, speaking of Bioshock, a game... This is a game I've been interested in, but I haven't decided to pick it up. Close to the Sun. I never heard of it. Yeah, I it, heard of it. It's on Epic's store. I don't even know what type of game it is. It has a very close to steampunk era, but the 
world that they have, like the environments feel mm-hmm. very Bioshock-esque where like you're in these grand looking rooms. You might not be able to go to all aspects of the room, but they are these beautifully rendered and stylized. And this would be a company like if Bioshock, if the next Bioshock comes along and depending on how they want to go with it, I would almost hope that they try and get this company to help build the environment. What's the name uh, of the game again? It's called Close to the Sun. Apparently it has a lot to do with like Nikola Tesla and that type of ideology. So uh, I guess it would be the early 1900s type of world. It certainly looks pretty. Yeah. It sounds really cool. Let's see. Actually, do you mind if I do a quick uh, the like oh, synopsis that they provide? So it starts off with a quote by Nikola Tesla. The present is theirs, the future is mine. Um, it's, 19, it's 1897. Deep in international waters, the Helios stands still. Dark clouds loom overhead as unforgiving waves crash against the hull. Colossal effigies of gold decorated with magnificent finery stretch as far as the eye can see. Born of Nikola Tesla's vision, the Helios serves as a haven for the greatest scientific minds, an unbound utopia for research, independent from state and isolated from the gaze of society, free to push the boundaries of matter and time. Journalist Rose Archer steps aboard the Helios in search of her sister, Ada. She quickly discovers not all is as it seems. Grand halls stand empty. The stench of rotting flesh lingers in the air. Silence. A single word is painted across the entrance. Quarantine. Hmm. It, it basically that sounds fucking cool. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like all of the clips that they show, there are no other people. The only sequence that has like humanoid beings look more like the uh, the original Bioshock like flashbacks that you'd see. Yeah, the little mm. ghost images. So but it looks like it's a puzzle explorer. Set on a boat. Yeah. Right up my alley. So and best it... of both worlds for both Ewing and Joel. <laughs> puzzles are not best of my world. I'm terrible <laughs> at puzzles. But you're on a boat. That's fair. Uh, when does this game drop? It's already out. Oh. You could buy it on, like, it's on the Epic Store right now. I think it's like 20 bucks. So I might look into that after we're done recording. I might look up some gameplay of it. Yeah, take a gander. Um, I think right now with the Epic Store, like it's twenty uh, bucks. Yeah, with yeah, the, with, the with the discount, discount that they're doing. So yeah. that's up people's alleys. Hit it up. Fucking a. All right, this next one is way far away from Bioshock. Uh, still in first-person shooting. Uh, Modern Warfare. Ah, uh, yes. The next Call of Duty, where they decided to go back to Call of Duty Modern Warfare. That actually yes. so, got scrapped. So there was some development bullshit that apparently happened, and now we're getting Black Ops 5. No, <laughs> no. So, Modern Warfare is both a normal reboot and a soft reboot, depending on where you're getting your info. A quote from uh, the people behind it is that it's going to be heavy on troubling, realistic emotions, very much inspired by the no-Russian mission of Modern Warfare 2. Now, here's the bonus I actually got that's very... that's It's directly linked to what you just said, Sedge. Uh, for 2020, Activision had originally switched uh, things up, assigning the Wisconsin-based support studio Raven to take a leadership role along, alongside Sledgehammer Games. It's their game that got canceled. 
Oh. They were going to do a Vietnam Cold War game. And that has been changed. Uh, Sledgehammer is no longer doing Call of Duty. Treyarch is going to be doing Blops 5 for next year. Okay. And that was going to be my bonus question for you guys is, what do you think that Modern Warfare this year will be this gen or next gen? Because, you know, in case you guys thought that the con- one of the consoles might drop this year. Um, and what do you think Blops 5 will be next year? Modern I Warfare think... will be this gen. Blops 5 will be both. Yeah. I agree on okay. that. That one felt easy. Ah, Watch Dogs 3. So for this one, I didn't write anything because it's just a teeny tiny Reddit post. That's a supposed leak, and it's all right here. Um, it's going to be set in London. You're going to work as a counter-terrorist. Um, you're not going to use guns or knives. They're, it's it's like Watch Dogs 2. It's coming more into its own. Uh, parkour is back. You might be able to skateboard. Um, yeah. And the the terror organization that she's going against is possibly DeadSec. Stars of the last one. Do we think that this game will be this gen or next gen? This. Yeah. I hope it's good. Uh, Watch Dogs 2 was getting really close from what I remember. I so played, I got three left. I played like half an hour of uh, the second one. I just don't think I like Watch Dogs. <laughs> Well, see, what what's interesting is, like, the second one beefed up uh, how hacking and stuff worked. Like, I just, I think it was a little bit better than the first one. A lot of bit better. But now they're taking that idea and finally setting it in the most surveyed city in the world. Hmm. It, it, London makes perfect sense for, uh, for hacking, more so than Chicago ever did. Yeah, yeah, I, could, I would agree with that. Uh, I got three left. I want you guys to just pick a number. Um, one. All right. And then Sedge? Three. Okay. Then I'll do two last. All right. So number one, Fable 4. Um, Playground Games, the people who make the Forza Horizon series, not the ma- normal Forza series. Mm-hmm. Um, They've been openly advertising that they need developers for a AAA open-world RPG. Uh, rumors for them be working on Fable 4 specifically only began last year, and then Eurogamer got a legit scoop in January. So we do know that they are the developer. Also, I once heard Forza Horizon described as Pokemon, but with cars. In the same way that I heard Persona 4 described as Pokemon, but with people. Pokemon with demons, um, really. Okay. But (laughs) I still don't know what the Forza Horizon one means, because I played it. It felt like an open-world Forza. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't get Um, that one either. (laughs) uh, But yeah, Fable 4, this gen or next? Uh, Next. if If it's next, it'll be a launch title. Um... My curiosity, though, and this would probably be their best bet to make a fable that doesn't piss off everybody. Get THQ. Get THQ. THQ Nordic isn't though. Get THQ Nordic. 
because Kingdoms of Amalur is fucking amazing and would fit right mm. into a fable setup. You know, in my uh, in my post I once made for how Kingdoms of Amalur deserves a sequel, my entire crux of my argument was that this is a spiritual successor to Fable, and I just want to see it grow. Yeah. So if 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 they could manage that, because I I got out of Fable after beating Fable two, and I was I was so burned out because it's like there was promise and it failed. It failed horribly. And so interesting. I I skipped two, went to three, had the same feeling. Yeah. It it was just. The first one was fun enough to be enjoyable and to make me come back, but then it was they just they fell flat on their face with the follow-ups. Kingdoms of Amalur took that same type of idea. It's like, yes, you are a chosen one. Here is this massive open world. Mm-hmm. Go do. And they did yeah. a great job with that. Fable tried to have the same thing, and it was like, here's the world, go do. By the way, um follow this one path that we've laid breadcrumbs on no 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 well, don't, don't go off linear. the breadcrumbs don't go off the breadcrumbs that's that's not accessible to you go back to the breadcrumbs so yeah if they can get nordic somehow or you know hire on some of the writing staff or dev staff from kings of amalur i will be 100% behind it same. Alright. Sedge, your game is the Harry Potter RPG. And this starts with my favorite sentence I've ever had to write. You're a Harry wizard. <laughs> hmm. No. So this game was first leaked last year. If we if anybody remembers the video. I by do. a Reddit user named Vape This Bro. <laughs> Damn. Okay. I love that. This is how we get our news. This is the future. <laughs> so it showed it showed bits of Hogwarts, some creatures, character creation, and everybody thought that Rocksteady was making it. They're not. Um, recently, it's been rumored that it'll be titled Harry Potter Magic Awakened. And like, I, I've been calling it the Hogwarts RPG this entire time because I remember a rumor that I could not find before writing my notes i remember a rumor that it took place in the past so that you would have that freedom to do shit um or in the and future. then it should also yeah and then uh well no because there was then cell phones exist oh uh, yeah um but it also is going to have a rumored morality system so that you could you know be you could go full slytherin i guess anyway this gen or next i'd say next, next next if they, if they wanted i would say next because if they want to do it proper justice because that's the thing you look at the harry potter movies now the first ones don't have as much of it but the later movies with like the grand spell casting and if this is supposed to be following a custom character where you're learning how to cast spells and you get access to you know stupid crazy awesome magic by the end of it I would want to see it on the next gen just to be able to get that true grand scale. Mm. And the general size of Hogwarts based on movies and the whole, the world in general, it's like, 
you have the the broom riding sequences where he's flying through a shit ton of places. Yeah. And I don't think current gen, as powerful as it is, would be able to do something like that justice. Agreed. That's fair. I don't think current gen has been fully tapped out yet, though. No, I, I don't think it has, but I think now that they're moving games to... Now yeah. that the next gens have been announced, that's where we're going to mm -hmm. be going now. Yeah, no, if if next gen is coming, and we all know that it is, then absolutely, uh, this, is the, this is a game that's made for it. All right, now for my last one, uh, Splinter Cell. So, Splinter Cell was leaked initially last year, I believe, 2018. Yes. Um, early January. Um, in a Walmart camp thing that also leaked a bunch of other games, including Near 3 and that Near Automata was coming to Switch, and then a ton of games that legitimately already came out. Um, in addition to that, Ubisoft tweeted out this... Well, a, a dude that works at Ubisoft tweeted out that he was working on the game, and then he got a little cheeky towards the end by combining it with For Honor, The Division 2, Rainbow Six, and Ghost Recon. Um, and said that it would cross over with The Crew 2. <laughs> However, every, everybody still took it seriously, and Ubisoft had to come out themselves and say it's a joke. It might not be. Bottom line, Splinter Cell's still coming. Is it going to make it to this console generation? Yes. Yeah. I think it will Don't because up, uh, well the re the reason I say current I the reason I think it's going to show up in current gen is because it's been so long since Splinter Cell has come out. I don't think if yeah. they tried to wait till next gen anyone's going to want to pick it up. Mm. And I think that Yeah, they're... and it's not it's not like they uh, sorry said. It's not like they've done remasters recently. Yeah. Like, they have no choice but to do the next one. What were you going to say? I was going to say, um, because we haven't gotten one this generation, and also because this guy tweeting this and Ubisoft basically coming out right away to say, no, it's not happening. To me, that means it's definitely happening, and we're definitely <laughs> going to see it this year. Because <laughs> they wouldn't have been so quick to squash that rumor if it wasn't. Because they don't want to ruin what they're going to announce at E3. Yeah, yeah, and that that is the thing as well that um that wraps up all ten games. By the way, uh, these are all games that are almost guaranteed to be talked about at E3. Well, I guess we will see when E3 comes in two weeks. And honestly, looking at the Harry Potter stuff, I want to play it. Yeah, same. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look at these like the there's like four images that have that are showing and I'm like this looks really cool. I want to get in on this. Yeah. No, it looks super good. Um but I think that's a good place to call it for the night. Uh control, I know you have pluggables. Well, as always, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv/controlfreak. 
Um, otherwise, I need to get back into it. I've been on a bit of a dry spell for uh, Ziguru Review, just because I haven't been playing much new. I've been playing a lot of old. Um, but once I get my mojo flowing again, we'll get back in on that. I'll flow your mojo. No oh my. Light pluggables. <laughs> like, uh, sure. Yeah, uh, you got to keep in all that silence though. Yeah, at King Cable <laughs> on Twitter. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Sedge underscore Gaming, Twitch TV slash Lord Sedge, Facebook slash Gaming Casual is our Facebook group, and you can find me on YouTube. Uh, Satch Gaming. And that's it. We'll see you next week, everybody. Yep. Have a good one. And, uh, yeah, next week will probably be our E3 extravaganza. No, wait, no. It'll be our prediction special. It'll be something. It'll, yeah, it'll be a thing. We'll be talking <laughs> at you for another hour and a half. Hmm. An hour Basically, and a half. Of... what we do anyway. An hour and a half of your life, you'll never get back. And if this is your first episode watching, I'm sorry. I'm not. No, no, no. That'd be if it was last episode. Yeah, no, I am sorry Dang. for last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, night, middle of winter. I don't know, whenever you see this. Good job on the words. I don't, I'm apparently also can't English good. Good night, everyone. Take care. Farewell. Hey guys, Sedge here. Uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to our intro music, 8-Bit Onward by Heatley Bros. You can find them on YouTube, and I will be posting the link in the description. Thanks. Bye.